Trending news right now. The last 72 hours of hashtags and headlines is what we unpack now. Joined by Mpumelelo Mashifane, journalist, social commentator and publisher of 013 News. A happy new week to you, Mpumi. How are you? <laughs> A happy new week to you too. As, uh, I'm great. I'm refreshed. Um, I was traveling a bit last week, so I spent the weekend just relaxing nice. and catching up on news. Awesome stuff. Well, let's go straight. Uh, well, we start overseas or international news. Uh, let's talk to uh, Rwanda, the president in Rwanda, pardoning jailed uh, prototype character in Hotel Rwanda and his co-accused. So this uh, man was a hotelier uh, depicted in the movie Hotel Rwanda. Let's get background in terms of uh, his uh, jailing and then why the president is now Paul Kagame pardoning him. Yeah, uh, so so this guy was portrayed um, as a character in um, the famous uh, Hotel Rwanda movie that depicts the 1994 genocide um, against uh, ethnic Tutsis in in Rwanda. And but uh, that's not his only profile. Um, he he was the leader of the movement for democratic change, uh, as as well as its uh, military wing, uh, the National Liberation Front. And um, he was accused of uh, being involved in acts of terrorism uh, that occurred in the south of Rwanda in 2018, and so and 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 was subsequently arrested and uh, sentenced to 25 years in jail. Um, he he wrote a letter to President Paul Kagame, um, saying although he was uh, distancing himself from any involvement in the terrorist activities that claimed lives. Uh, but saying that uh, he takes responsibility as a former leader of the movement for democratic change for not um, uh, committing the party more to to, to non-violence uh, and making sure that when he left power, um, he left uh, uh, such instruments in the party that would that would ensure that the party carries the line of non-violence. And then uh, he he proceeded to say. Uh, he assures the president that he has no political ambitions whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he were to be released, he'll go and retire somewhere quietly in the United States and will never return uh, to Rwanda. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, he's he's been granted a pardon along with some other 361 other political prisoners uh, who have been uh, whose, whose sentences were commuted uh, in accordance with Article 223 of the Rwandan law. And, um, yeah, he said to be a, a free man. Um, and uh, uh, we hope to see that uh, he does uh, leave the country. I think, uh, you know, knowing the stories that come out of Rwanda about uh, certain people who are in, in not in good terms with the government, I think it best be that he does leave Rwanda. Mm. Okay. Let's go to Lebanon. Uh, there were daylight savings and time uh, dispute there. That's put Lebanon in two time zones. There's a bit of a, I don't know if we can call it conflict between uh, the religious people. Uh, there's also a connection to Ramadan there. What's going on? Now, I, I, I read this, Asa, and I, and I thought, how would it be best to analyze this for our listeners? And I thought, uh, you know, I think we better explain what daylight saving time is. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that will give us the context of why the religious permeations are coming through in the story. Um, daylight savings is a, is a concept that was introduced by the Churchill government uh, during the 1940s, during the World, World War II in Britain. 
-hmm. And what it meant was that um, as um, Nazi Germany embarked on on a blitzkrieg, uh, basically a bombing campaign or indiscriminate bombing campaign of Great Britain and particularly of London, um, the, the Churchill government decided that as the winter days were shorter, the day should start earlier. So when winter came, they would move the clock back one hour, which meant your day started earlier and it would finish earlier and everybody would get home in time uh, to cook and have a meal and close all the curtains and switch off all the lights so that uh, cities uh, or suburban areas or factories in those areas could not be seen from the sky by the German bombers. So that's what daylight saving. So every time at the end of winter, they move the clock forward one hour. Uh, so you'll see us in relation with the UK uh, in, in when it's summer for them, they are behind one hour. And when it's winter, they're behind two hours. So they, it's, it, it's, it's a time when it's announced all across the media in countries that subscribe to daylight saving time that this weekend, it's the, it's the weekend of the solstice. And therefore, you need to move your clock uh, forward or backwards, whichever one it is. Mm. So now what happened in Lebanon um, was that uh, the largely Muslim government uh, has uh, uh, decided that it's not going to subscribe to daylight saving this time around, uh, really putting it um, at odds with all the sort of systems that run the country we know that uh, it's a former colony of great britain i mean south africa at some point used to subscribe to daylight saving time because you know our economy was so much pegged to london and all of that mm. uh, so lebanon being a former colony of of of, of britain is a country that um uh, following the the civil war that lasted almost 18 years uh, came out uh, uh factionalized across religious lines uh, and even the parliament in the country is 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 divided along Muslims and Christians. So uh, you can understand then how does this become a religious hot potato uh, for the country because it's being seen as it was the weekend of Ramadan and the the largely Muslim uh, government administration decided uh, to 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 not subscribe to to. But of course, um, the, the the Christian population very much uh, being in rejection of this um, moving their clocks forward but it's cre it's created a, a, a conundrum uh, across a lot of different fronts um airlines banking systems and all of that and mm. and and um yeah uh it's just one of those uh maybe petty things but some people who are um you know uh of muslim descent in the country saying you know every time we move this clock back and forward it takes us back 10 years uh instead of taking us forward why does this clock need to move back and forward but um yeah it, it's simple and petty like that Asa. all right well uh let's talk kamala harris the u.s's vice president she's on a three-country tour of uh, central africa what are the countries she's going to she, she left on sunday yesterday yeah she'll be visiting um uh, ghana she'll be visiting tanzania um and she'll be visiting uh, zambia Interestingly enough, mm -hmm. uh, if you if we know the contemporary history of Africa and its liberation, uh, we know how closely those countries are pegged to the liberation struggle and the and the struggle for independence of Africa. 
uh, we've seen uh, a torrent of uh, foreign ministers from the two polars of the world. I think clearly the world is polarized right now, um, Asanda, uh, seeing at where uh, diplomatic tensions lie between the East and the West. Um, and we've seen uh, Russia's foreign minister doing the same. We've seen the U.S. Secretary of State visiting uh, South Af- African countries, including South Africa. Uh, uh, we've seen uh, uh, the, 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 the foreign minister of Russia also on a tour uh, late last year of various African countries. And um, Mrs. Camilla uh, Harris is expected to engage and garner uh, particularly about uh, what democracy means and mm-hmm. where democracy stands in Ghana, the youth of the continent. Uh, these are all uh, things that the U.S. presidency has put out saying that uh, uh, really um, she's coming to Africa to have a conversation about what the United States can do with Africa as opposed to what it can do for Africa. Uh, but we know that, uh, you know, uh, sentiments around uh, the United States um, being on the continent uh, are increasingly uh, tilting towards the negative. Um, a lot of uh, people, particularly the youth, saying, but uh, Afri- uh, America has no history of doing any good on the African continent. Uh, they've been here for years of re- as reinforcers of colonialism, uh, as remote as reinforcers of of the capitalist superstructure, uh, and have reinforced the military complex that keeps Africa um, uh, being being raped of its minerals, so to speak. Asa, uh, but we stand to see what uh, her her. Um, visit is going to 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 mean for those countries uh uh ghana tanzania and zambia uh and what uh she will be bringing as uh, uh diplomatic policy positions uh for uh bilateral relations and multilateral uh, involvement in those countries okay let's talk hashtag tabo besta now the so-called facebook rapist and his prison escape the question now is whose body replaced uh, what was believed to be that of Tabo Besta. Uh, the charred remains that were found at the prison uh, uh, showed signs of blunt force trauma sustained before the actual fire. Who is this uh, man? I tell you what, Asa, this is a cesspool of nonsense. And um, I think it's going to blow up. Uh, in an incredible way. We are going to find out things that we never thought uh, are happening. Mm. Uh, The Bloemfontein Correctional Facility is privately run. It is outsourced entirely, and it is run by Group 4 Security Corps, or G4S. What this means, Asa, is that uh, a a post-mortem result that says a, a, a body suffered from blood force trauma possibly means that it was stricken and it was dead before the fire started mm. or um the 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 trauma was to an extent that death was imminent uh uh well at the time of the fire starting which means that somebody uh who was killed um and put in a cell and uh those that fire happened and no one knows who that person is how does this happen in a prison mm. when everybody 
everybody needs to be accounted for. And I think this is where the meat in all of this is going to lie, Asa, from uh, a, a, a story growing its legs point of view. Uh, I think this is just the beginning, uh, the department admitting that he indeed escaped after they had said he had died uh, in a fire uh, begs the question, did they not conduct uh, uh, DNA sequencing at the time of his death or the at the thing, time of the fire? Back then. Exactly. It would have been done. So you ask yourself, how do they determine uh, um, uh, you know, uh, the identity of, of a burnt body? Um, so this, this, I think, is going to become a political hot potato. The Minister of Justice um, is going to have to answer serious questions about what has happened. Uh, the, the the South African Police uh, National Police Commissioner saying that uh, she has dispatched uh, top uh, investigators to go and try and deal with the matter. Uh, he has asked, though, that um, the public should not ask for blow-by-blow updates of how the investigation is going, as that is going to cause unnecessary stress on the investigators. I don't know. South Africans deserve to know. How does how do people escape out of prison and um, the prison officials say the person has died, only for the person to be photographed in public mm. and all of that? So, uh, you know, we, we've seen these uh, sort of examples happening. I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, we had uh, a story that I know we worked uh, um, on, on a unearthing uh, the Sam Holding story of the businessman who uh, owned a merit of, of luxury cars and was arrested for illegal gun possession and uh, ultimately he also uh, disappeared mysteriously uh, walking out of custody uh, and was never seen again. He sent his wife uh, a mysterious message saying he's going to throw himself into the Crocodile River and he's never been seen ever since. So there is this um, uh, sense that people, if you remember the Senzo Meiwa story, yeah. where you had the accused people protesting inside court, holding up placards on their chest saying, we're not involved in this, in this uh, case. We don't even know why we're here. Uh, they got us, they took us from prison. We're serving other sentences uh, and they brought us here. So it, 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 it's an indicator of something that is inherently wrong in our corrections facility where actually we could be looking at a situation where correctional facilities are breeding grounds for even greater links and circles of criminality. Mm, um, yeah. So... Yeah. I think I think um, we we should uh, brace ourselves uh, for what we're going to find out over the next couple of weeks as uh, Singapore Mumalo tries to put out the fires um, and in that crisis. The thing that uh, worries me is that this might just be left hanging in the air and we don't get the answers that we want and we need. But uh, let's leave it on that note uh, on this uh, Monday. Pumelelo, thank you so much and a great uh, start to the week for you. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Elsa. And um, uh, I've got good news. I think from next uh-huh. week or so, from the first week of April, um, I might be joining you in studio for these slots uh, as I'll be based in Joburg more awesome. often. Uh, so, yeah, so perhaps we'll be on the phone and be, uh, you know, sidetracked by the gremlins that have been gripping us <laughs> in the past couple of weeks. Awesome. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. We, we really appreciate you. And that's awesome. That's awesomeness. Thank you so much, Pamela.
Umele Lomashfane is a journalist, social commentator, and publisher of 013 News.